Basball, what you gonna do? Basball, basball, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? It needs to be a home ground with cadaverous pitches and rain a little while and we can get to chase with balls made of wet clay. Uh, and then it's basball, basball, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come for you? Hello everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Thai Gap Podcast. My name is Bogus Noog and my co-host is once again not here today. That's because Brood has made a lot of mistakes in his life. You see, he calls himself a digital content creator. That's the first mistake. And as is their want, digital content creators tend to keep praying for virality. But you know, as the saying goes, you have to be careful what you wish for. It's one thing to pray for virality, but another thing altogether to pray for that during rainy season without specifying terms and conditions. You know, he prayed for virality and he got it. Just not the kind of virality he was hoping for. Viral fever is going around in Hyderabad. So there you have it. Um, This episode is a follow-up to the last episode that we did. The last one, of course, was a preview of the final fifth test of the Dark Swamp series. The saga It's taken so long to uh, get over with. But finally, now it's over. And so this episode is about the actual match. And uh, just to give a quick disclaimer, it's not going to be about stats, not going to be about a rundown of each innings. Uh, but let me give you the highlights. In this episode, what we're going to cover is why baseball is a big cope, major cope, where exactly India lost it. Who do I think the actual endorsements for Test Cricket were in this particular match? And there's also a gripe about the Indian commentators of this match and how they conducted themselves. I felt they were a letdown. And uh, to be honest, I felt they cucked themselves a little bit. And we'll get into all of this in this episode. But before we move on to that, it is my duty, my honorable duty to mention our socials where you can follow us. On Twitter, you can find us at at thigap on instagram we are at underscore thigap and our email is mindthigap at gmail.com stick around to the end of the episode so you can find out what you were absolutely going to miss out on and write to us and let us know whether you agree or disagree and of course if you have if you have any other perspectives those are more than welcome all right so first things first this whole baseball business what a major cope on England's part. I think they kind of took it too far. I don't know whether they were thinking it was cute. But let's take a couple of steps back here and take a look at the context, you know, where this all started coming from. So in our preview episode, I mentioned that Rob Key was now hired as the managing director for ECB and that he probably got the job because of, you know, impassioned and specific feedback he was giving in all those podcasts he was doing with Nasser Hussain and Mike Atherton on Sky Cricket. And one of the things he mentioned was that the club cricket pitches and think about a time before the recent ashes, before, you know, the England-Sri Lanka test, which was followed by the test series with India in India, 
During that time, the club cricket pitches that English batsmen, up-and-coming batsmen were getting to play on were more bowler-friendly, you know. As you may expect, they're all about swing and the Duke's ball and all of that stuff. So they didn't have a lot of batsmen that were getting past, say, like uh, average 30 or 40-odd score. To a point where a 40-yard score was considered a good score. They even got used to statements like, oh, he played well for his 30. He played well for his 40. And this was one of the things that Rob Key had brought up, saying, look at these other batsmen. You know, of course, in England, there is Joe Root to look at. Elsewhere, you have a Pujara, a Manas Labushain, you know, guys who make daddy hundreds and they spend a lot of time on the crease. And what they were looking at in their club cricket, in their county cricket matches, from where all of these openers, Rory Burns, Dom Sibley, all these guys actually came up from, the prevailing trend at that point of time was none of them were able to stick or stay on the crease for a long time and a 30 or 40 meant that they played really well and that sort of became a habit it sort of became a new metric or a comfort zone is what they were talking about in the podcast so according to rob key one of the things that he wanted to see changed was those pitches he was saying we need to make the pitches slightly more balanced or slightly more batsman friendly so that our up and coming batters also get used to you know sticking on for longer periods of time they get used to converting their 50s to 100s and if not that at least play it out play 100 balls play 150 balls you know stay on the crease basically at that time, I thought, okay, this is just, you know, a wish list of an ex-cricketer or someone who's really passionate about the game. They see what's going wrong. Um, their test cricket team has become sort of a laughing stock. So they're trying to pick at straws, pick at any loose ends that they can find. And in that vein, this is what Rob Key brought up. And in some way, in some angle, I guess it kind of made sense that you get your batsmen used to big scores longer innings and physiologically you know they probably will start habit forming with that sort of uh, innings uh, even if they go elsewhere with pitches that are more bowler friendly or pitches like australia they will at least try to stick on rather than you know their body clock switching off as soon as they hit 30 or 40 so they don't think oh, i've done my job here so i guess in that way i do see where he was coming from but then when you look at these pitches that we saw in the New Zealand versus England series just before the fifth test played between India and England, these pitches were so dead that I felt it was sort of an extreme overreach of probably what he was talking about. Or I don't know whether this is exactly what they planned for, but these pitches were pretty dead, cadavers, smelling of rotten flesh. And I have no doubt in my mind that this tactic or this particular strategy has come from there, has come from those kinds of conversations about, and if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. You know, what is England's strongest suite right now? It is their ODI performance. So it stands to reason for them to think we need to revive our test matches under a new captain and under a new coach. Why don't we take the sting out? Why don't we suck the life out of these pitches so our batters could just go out and swing it like there's no tomorrow? They could switch to playing ODI in a test match if they wanted. Hell, they could switch to playing in a T20 way in a test match if they wanted. Let's give them that. And that's what it really looked like. I mean, what kind of pitches are these that are at their best on day five? 
you know, overall, I have to say, connecting to, you know, what I said in the preview episode, I kind of said up front that I did think England were favorites to win the test match, even though on paper, the Indian team looked good, the bowling attack looked good, but it was a one-off test and England was just getting off from a 3-0 rubbing of New Zealand and they were match ready, they were match fit, they were weathered, seasoned. So for those reasons, I thought England are favorites to win. But now that they've actually won the test match, the way they won it, I see a problem in the way the match was won. And I'll get to that. Coming back to the baseball bullshit. Did you guys see what happened after the match? Ben Stokes coming out and saying, we could have probably hit 450. I mean, I don't doubt that. That's the problem. I think they could have hit it, actually. And that's the problem. Joe Root is coming out and talking about how they talked about playing like rock stars. What does that even mean? Unreliable? Eccentric? Live fast, die young? What does that mean? Play like rock stars. You want to play cricket like rock stars? So much of it sounded and smacked of pure cope, pure wish fulfillment. It was like make-a-wish bullshit going on. Or we've had such a rocky time of it in test cricket. One whiff of fresh air and now we're all completely high on it. We've done lost our minds. Bass ball. Seriously? And we've, we're already seeing a difference in the T20 and ODI matches that followed. Uh, I think only one ODI is done. Of course, I'm not watching them. I just watched the highlights. I don't see any baseball stuff going on there. What happened? Did the stock of faulty Duke balls run out? And also remains to be seen what happens with Australia uh, versus England when Australia goes over to England. I mean, they're lucky that they don't have to travel this time after coming up with this baseball stuff. They're lucky that Australia has to come to their home grounds. But even then, it's not going to be one of test match. And probably Australia has seen what's going on, what they're doing with their pitches. So if you're going to play four to five test matches... What happens if you don't get a chase? Is it still going to be baseball? Pretty sure Australia would know what to expect. They can expect pitches as alive as Prince Philip. I'm not talking about Prince Philip now that he's dead. I'm talking about when he was alive, but after the age of 90. If you search for a picture of the guy when he was alive 90 plus, holy shit, that is deader than dead. That's what the pitches are going to be like, I feel. That's my hunch. And I have a bone to pick with Indian commentators, the whole contingent. And not that, you know, they were high expectations to begin with, but it was still a letdown. It was still a cuckening. You can't let yourself get cucked that bad. They did not call out the cringe of baseball. Nobody called it out. Nobody mocked it when it totally deserved that kind of a treatment. It got to a point where by the end of the match, they were actually nodding along saying the pitch was decent. Actually mouthing baseball, feeding into that. I mean, that baseball stuff is as cringe as the badla badla ads that our streamers, our streaming platforms run in the ad packages. You can still kind of cut some slack to that because that's the marketing team smoking themselves retarded. You know, you can say, oh yeah, that's just a marketing. That's just advertisements. That's what they do. Can you imagine how it would be if the Indian commentary contingent also started using the same terminology? Badla. Welcome to Badla 2022. Can you imagine if they started calling, you know, our grounds something like a Chakra View. You may enter, but you can't get out. You know, Hotel California, Hotel Chakra View. Oh, the Ahmedabad ground. Welcome to the Serpent Pit. <laughs> Can you imagine if they did that bullshit? That's what baseball is. That's exactly what baseball is. And instead of some British marketing people, you know, just handling that stuff, you have the commentary contingent from their side, ex-cricketers, ex-players trying to brand this baseball. Seriously? 
man that deserved such a trolling to their face what did our guys do not along not along and just coming back to our gang of guys our contingent of commentators back when the uh, test matches were going on against england in india in ahmedabad and in other grounds like chennai etc where you know test matches were getting done in two days yeah it was hilarious to watch uh, the ball turning 90 degrees and it was also hilarious to hear them losing their shit over it you know i'm i'm talking about the english ex player commentary all that gang it was hilarious but hand on your heart you know at least hand on my heart i can say even i thought yeah it's a little too extreme you know i want to see a good test match and yes i expect that spin will have an upper hand and i expect to see english batsmen come out and do nach pasanti nach on the pitch and i want to have some fun but i don't want them to go all out within like 2 hours you know that spoils my weekend or whatever i want them to be dancing for a longer time and then i want it to be like a true test i want to see who among them actually comes out looking good who among them is actually able to navigate through the spin bowling and negotiate it a little bit and that's why of course joe root proved himself and that's why someone like ben fox actually stood out in how well he managed to negotiate those deliveries for however long he did but of course even i agree that it was a little too extreme so maybe a little pair down from that as long as if the test matches can go for four days with challenging spin bowling and all that stuff it's still great so i can concede that much ground but you have these folks on the other side calling that a disgrace to the game saying that the pitch was not proper not proper test match pitch if that was a disgrace then what about this what about what happened in this particular match you have a team needing to make more than 370 yard runs in the final innings and they fucking cruise to it it was a slow jog no rush no stress and the captains coming out and saying they would have got a 450 how is that not a disgrace if you're calling test matches that get done in 2 days time because the ball's turning perpendicular if you're calling that a disgrace how is this nonsense not a disgrace why is that a disgrace and why is this being called evolution of test cricket a new direction a new dawn a new day baseball i mean it was a record breaking chase the way they got to it did not do it justice and that's exactly where i think we can see that this is not right whatever's going on in front of us it's in the way that they got to it in a test match where time was lost often on because of rain they still were able to get to it while on a brisk walk not even a jog and that's the reason why i think the indian commentary contingent just for not calling this out when it was right there in your face it was unnatural it was odd for not trolling it for being too diplomatic for being too politically correct you let the narrative be controlled by someone else you let the narrative be controlled by someone else back when we were playing england in india and you let the narrative be controlled by someone else even now you done cucked yourselves and it was a bitch to watch and that's what i think about this whole baseball nonsense let's play like rock stars i mean when you come out saying that kind of stuff you are once again <laughs> putting yourself up you know for a big fall that's what you're doing we could have just taken it with grace and say yeah we believe in ourselves we're doing something different we're feeding each other food we're washing each other's clothes whatever bullshit instead of coming out and saying baseball we could have hit 450 we talked about playing like rock stars all of this is just positioning you again for a nice fall 
face first into humble pie it's coming just around the corner but where did india lo- uh, lose this match that was very interesting this was a very interesting match to watch until the 4th and 5th day i say interesting not because india was dominating most of it until then interesting because you got to see the difference between england's approach and india's approach and you got to see some inexplicable confounding things that india was doing and there was no rhyme or reason that i mean at least i could make out as a spectator and all of these things actually made it interesting the first thing of course was you expect a 98 out of, uh, 98 for 5 in the first innings the team coming straight out of the blue playing one county match and that two mostly playing against each other you know so as expected 98 for 5 was not a shocker the 416 innings total that came out of silvers that was a complete shocker rishabh pant of course what can you say about the guy i mean he is just blockbuster he is just a golden ticket you know the most entertaining show out there and there's really something about test cricket innings where he seems to have more freedom to play his game and what i mean by that is he does seem to have some amount of guile in him he seems to know the effect he has on the opposition he seems to know or he seems to be able to predict what the bowler is going to do out of frustration and clearly he also takes decisions to either take it on or just dead bat it to frustrate them this dead batting thing to frustrate them of course i did not see it here but back in the border gavaskar series there was a phase where nathan lyon was trying very obviously to bait him and uh, he figured it out and because it's a test match because there's time on your hands he did not take the bait he kept dead batting balls that they were expecting him to hit and the funnier thing to watch was how frustrated they were getting when he was not going for the shot the reason i say this is funnier because it's funny to see the frustration when he actually does go for the shot and he comes good that's frustrating in itself because within a span of like 2 to 3 balls your entire over has been decimated so that frustration is definitely entertaining It's still not the entertainment that you get from watching someone like a Sevag who clearly was so intimidating and so fearful that as an Indian supporter I found myself empathizing with the opposition bowlers a lot of the time the way Sevag played but Pant is slightly different in that when he goes for his shots you can see the frustration but when they try to bait him and he refuses to take it this level of frustration that you get to see on their faces is a shade different and you know it's tastier Yeah, it has more flavor to it. This kind of guile that he shows, I don't think he has enough time or he doesn't allow himself probably enough time to do all that stuff in an ODI. In a T20 obviously there's no time, but in an ODI as well, I'm not sure that he allows himself that kind of time. But in a test match he seems to really come into a different kind of punt and it's credit to people who have managed him in the back end people who have um allowed him to tap into the massive potential he has for making some really big runs and more than big runs it's the match winning innings because he has so many scores above 80 and below 99 but so many of those again were absolutely match winning innings and that really ought to count for more so pant of course was brilliant in the way he played but jadeja i thought i i really enjoyed jadeja's innings especially because he was also playing for time and i think that is one area where we lost again that is one of the areas where we lost the time factor because there have been arguments about india's second innings performance 
more or less what i've come across is people's disappointment over you know the lead not being big enough the score not being big enough and if india would have made a big enough score and yet wound up their batting innings at about the same time that they did essentially what i mean is if india would have still given england a day and a half or a day and quarter or whatever to cover up that lead i honestly don't think it could have made a difference and that's the reason why i don't think it's about the score in the second innings i think it was about the time even if we had the same lead to challenge england with but england actually started their innings either at the beginning of day 5 or maybe an hour into day 5 hour and a half or something the whole scene would have been different because for them they had to win it a draw was also not acceptable so that would have changed the equation quite a lot i feel like we lost in the amount of time that we gave them not necessarily the score And that's the reason why I felt Pujara and Jadeja stood out for me because of the amount of time that they took. I think second innings Pujara played more than 100 balls. He was taking his own sweet time. Jadeja took a lot of time in the first innings. Vihari could have been another player who could have eaten up a lot of balls, but unfortunately he had a terrible match including a drop catch of Bearstow. Shreyas Iyer got figured out pretty quickly. quick and easy and the way he gave in was kind of disappointing uh, i mean the way he saw what they were doing the way he saw the two fielders positioned right there for a catch and still he went with the sh- with his shot it kind of looked like a hangover of that mentality that you know i'm just going to back my game which is it has a slippery translation back my game could mean that okay i see what they're doing i have these number of shots in my repertoire so let me try something different let me try a different shot that i have and i'll back my game that way instead this whole back my game business seems to be going in a linear translation which is yeah do whatever you want to do i'm still just going to play my shot and that's in a test match that's i don't know I mean even Shami was trying to keep the ball low when he was pulling. He was trying to hit it down. He was not really trying to pull it into the air. Even when he got out while doing that, he was still trying to hit it down but it was a miscue. Shreyas the shot he played did not look anywhere like he was trying to keep it down. Especially considering where he comes down the order. By then the ball's not doing much. I mean these balls every 20 overs they're kind of turning into mush. So it was not like he was facing the traditional, you know, swinging, spitting English duke's ball, duke ball. He could have really and he was playing good shots until they started bowling short to him. So the first factor I think was really the time. It was not so much the score. The second area where we lost I think from a very high level overview it was a general lack of creativity i mean generally if you're going over to england to play a test match i would imagine you could you know picture it like uh if you imagine a board game that you're playing with dice and that's a four-sided dice and the kind of variables that you're keeping in mind are probably it's going to rain uh it's going to be dark as shit it's going to be 10 a.m but it's going to be pitch black there's going to be like four or five slips behind me and the ball's going to keep moving there's going to be late swing and there's a huge risk of nicking off to slips more than anything else you would imagine that these are the things that one might go with an expectation of but this match we not only had the prospect of rain we not only had the prospect of okay the poor visibility did not happen this time 
there was still the threat of necking off the slips and that only was because of Anderson but there were other variables as well now instead of a four-sided dice it became like an eight-sided dice you're playing with a duke's ball that is made of wet clay every four shots you hit it's pretty much changing into different shapes oh you hit it for a six now it looks like a teddy bear so if you have a ball that's behaving like a blow up balloon doll or something that you have to change it every 10 to 15 overs every time that ball changes it's a huge wild card entry you don't know what the new ball is going to do now it could either favor you or it could favor the bowler if it favors the bowlers you're damn sure that anderson is going to have a go at it and if it favors him then you're done for and then i'm sure they didn't expect the dead pitch i'm pretty sure they didn't expect the pitch to be as dead as it was because that's not what you expect out of england so with all these odds you know all this kind of chaos that was coming our way i feel like we did not return the favor at no point did we introduce our own chaos into the mix to sort of try and level the playing field pant jadeja first innings that's a good example of us introducing our chaos to sort of try and you know level the variables a little bit but after that and especially in our bowling attacks that creativity that experimentation was sort of missing i'm not sure why that was was it because of the captaincy factor you have bumrah captaining for the first time but on field it was not clear if he was able to call all the shots i mean ideally if you have a new captain it would make sense to uh, ensure that they would be the ones to call all the shots because you can't put someone in captain's position and then cuck them by having some other guy pull the shots you know that's the mistake they did with Jadeja in the IPL and that's not the sort of thing that should happen again but it was not clear on ground what was going on with uh, Bumrah's captaincy one thing was sure the field settings that were being made was constantly being called things like safe conservative you know in the commentary the bowling changes didn't seem to make too much sense at times like even to a layman like me you could make out that Bumrah is the only bowler that was being given any respect and there were moments where you know when the ball changed at least for an over or two you didn't see Bumrah coming back there were moments where after a break lunch or tea or something where you would expect typically your wicket-taking bowler to roll the dice and see what happens Pumra was nowhere to be seen that was a little odd not sure why that happened on the other hand Jadeja for some unknown reason was bowling one side of the wicket I'm not going to get into whether that was over or around I probably might get it wrong but that's not the point he was constantly bowling from one side of the wicket and the batsmen were not at all threatened by it they were just kicking it off with disdain when the fourth stump line is what was generating odd uneven bounce you know it did that for siraj uh, in the first innings i think and anderson was one who were constantly milking it i mean he was the only guy somehow as soon as he saw that it was not swinging he immediately switched to this tactic of nipping and bouncing and he was able to pitch it exactly where it had a potential of doing that Potts was getting it to bounce it looked to me at least like purely out of his pace or his the amount of force he was putting behind it and from our side I'm not sure I saw that quick you know strategy change again when I was watching Bumrah bowl I was thinking we already know some classics we already know you know some rabbits he's pulled out of the hat there is that in-swinging yorker which to his credit he did try but as dead the pitch was you know there was nothing in the air as well so he was not getting that same looping flight of the ball but then there are other things that Bumrah has done which I was thinking I was hoping that he would go back to 
don't know whether it's because of the uh, stress of captaincy or whatever but you know the examples are in a previous bodogavaskar series he bowled this slow yorker to sean what's his name and it was so slow through the air and it dipped right in front of his feet and it actually pitched on his foot and the batsman had no clue about that ball and i think i've seen bumrah bowl that only once after that i have not seen it bowled ever again and i'm not sure why because to think how useful that kind of delivery would be in conditions like this match the other ball that i was thinking was uh, in the same dark swamp series if you look back at the match at lords all the wickets had fallen and you had then this the last stand partnership i think it was butler and ollie robinson and robinson was actually doing a great job of blocking the ball constantly blocking the ball and hitting it to the ground and he was playing out the time very smartly and us on the other side we were counting down deliveries we were counting down overs we were counting down minutes and ollie robinson was going on bunting the ball bunting the ball so bumrah goes over the wicket and balls this off cutter very close to the stumps i mean stumps on his side he balls from very close to the stumps right beside mare rasmus and the off cutter ali robinson of course misses that it hits his pads and up goes the appeal and mare rasmus you know experienced as he is he was straight away like no way that's lb because you were bowling from around the wicket then they go to the drs and what do you know that ball was genius how come in conditions like this that ball was not attempted around the wicket all the balls that were bowled why not switch around the wicket this goes to jadeja and it goes to others as well especially when you're starting off with a 370 plus lead you have a buffer to play with you have a buffer to experiment with especially when it came to the partnership between lees and crawley that was a little confounding that lack of creativity or experimentation uh, the lack of you know going for broke let's just try what we can try as long as we have a sizable enough lead in the bank i can understand if the lead thin down that you want to be more conser- conservative but yeah the partnership between lees and crawley was pretty much what sealed it i mean it got slipped on a little bit not given as much credit as i think it deserved but the speed with which they got to 100 run partnership was blinding and if those openers would have been shaky once again then also i'm not sure if england would have made that target but just the fact that they got that 100 in such a short time I really don't think it would have mattered if Besto would have gotten out at 14 you know if Hanuma Vihari actually would have held on to that catch I don't think it would have mattered because there was still Stokes to come there was still uh, Billings to come and uh, there was also the tail so by then it was not really ungettable like Stokes was saying we would have gotten 450 as well and I really believe that if you factor in the Leeson Crawley partnership to have contributed exactly what it contributed yeah because as much time India did not eat up of england's last innings the lees and crawley partnership just accelerated you know the same amount or even faster so we ended up giving them time but then these two guys went at breakneck speed which just added even more buffer for england for joe root and of course johnny bearstow i'm a lumberjack and i'm okay i pull all night i hook all day Johnny Bairstow lumberjack extraordinaire chopping down balls bringing down timber 
on a roll absolutely there were some murmurs about oh virat kohli you know shouldn't have gotten in his ear that's really what egged him on that's really what got him i don't really think that made any difference because bester was clearly already on a roll even before this test match started bester was like that boulder in indiana jones that had already begun its roll and at that point if you stand in front of it if you stand in its way and you pay it compliments you pass snarky comments or you straight up troll it doesn't really make any difference the boulder has only one way it's going to roll and it's coming your way that's it lumberjack bearster he really chopped it down didn't he man and so the actual endorsements of test cricket in this particular match i felt were rishabh pant johnny bearster top tier category because blockbuster entertainment full paisa vasool you know you go in expecting a slow burn lawrence of arabia but what you get to see is just uh, one of the best action movies that you could see and it comes completely unexpected so Pant and Bairstow, top tier for me. They take the cake. The next after that is, I would put the next all in one tier because it's kind of unfair. Uh, there's Joe Root, of course, because, well, it's getting almost boring now. You should do something interesting like get to 99 and then get out hit wicket or something. But the way, the ease with which he's just swatting away balls to wherever he wants, it's insane. Jimmy Anderson... unavoidable cannot ignore him and context switching that creativity that relentless accuracy and the way he got the ball to bounce there seemed to be like one spot on the pitch around fourth or fifth stump and he knew exactly what that spot or where that spot was and then of course jadeja and pujara that covers it up for the actual endorsements of test cricket and that pretty much does it for the thigh gap review of the dark swamp fifth and final test baseball baseball what you going to do this baseball bullshit is really going to come back and bite them like you watch that'll be mildly amusing i'm still ticked off by the indian commentary contingent for some reason i i can't believe why do you have to be so toothless when it's staring you right in the face narrative is such a big part of test cricket and if you let your narrative just get trampled on by someone else like that uh, you know cut ball cut ball what you going to do anyways that does it for this episode guys thank you for listening and uh, let us know what you thought of course on our socials and we'll see you in the next episode but until then as we always say thigh gap podcast subscribe and share